Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Emma bet me that she was going to break up with me in three months. I think I said six. Did you say six? I think I said six. And I was like, I'll take that bet. And here we are 16 years later. (laughs) Here they are. Emma and Mike. 16 years, two kids, and a bookstore later. Yeah, a bookstore. That's what this story is about. Every couple I know has their career escape fantasy. I have friends who daydream about buying a goat farm, even though they've never touched a goat. Seriously, I think maybe they've eaten goat cheese once, and goat farms look pretty on Instagram. But the best-selling novelist Emma Straub and her husband Mike They're the one couple I know who actually did it. Who had this couple's career fantasy and they made it happen. With no experience at all, they opened one of the most successful bookstores in New York City. The way they describe it, opening a bookstore was a little like having a third baby. It's changed who they are as individuals and completely redefined their marriage. And they love it. They really, really love it. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Emma and Mike met in a New York City elevator in an office building on 4th Street and Broadway. Emma was working as an editorial assistant at a publishing company. Mike was in the art department. And then he just, like, would not leave me alone. He would just, like, would, like, come to my desk for no reason, make me mixes. I was 24, and then here's, like, Emma, fresh out of college, and just, like, unlike anyone I'd ever met or encountered in Florida. So Mike had embarrassing earrings. <laughs> yeah. That were, like, small plugs, but they were plugs, like, little hole-expanding plugs. And so in my phone, he was just plugs. Yeah. And it, would t- it took a long time for me to break everyone else of the habit of calling him plugs. Yeah. Emma was like, hi, I'm Emma. I'm a novelist. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I was like, whoa. 
like you said that you'd never met anyone like me and I'd certainly never met anyone like you. You know, I mean, yeah. I think we were like, we came from two very different planets. And we're still, we are still from two very different planets. And we would exchange these really long emails at work that were like these long stories. You <laughs> I remember? was so bad at that job. I was yeah, terrible you were at terrible that job. At that job. I hated every minute of that job. One day, things got to a point where we were like, what is going on here? <laughs> and like one of us wrote an email to one another where we were like, we need a vacation. Like we can't, this is getting too like intense or something weird like that. And then that night we were like, we'll talk about it tonight. And then we went and got drinks and then we like hooked up. That was basically what happened. Plugs and the Novelist. Sounds like an indie rock band from 1993. Uh, yeah. yeah. Except Emma wasn't actually a novelist. Not yet. When I met Emma and she told me that she was a novelist, she was like in the middle of writing this novel. She quit the job that we were both working at to finish it. She finished it and it went to every single publisher. It got rejected everywhere. Everywhere. I wrote so many novels that did not get published. And it was about 10 years before you published something. And during that time, like Emma went to grad school. I followed her to Wisconsin. I said, if I go with you, you're going to have to marry me after this is all done. And and it worked out. <laughs> and, and we went to Wisconsin and had an adventure. New York was all fun and games. They were surrounded by friends and Emma's family. It was easy to be in love in New York. It's always easy to be in love in New York. Madison, Wisconsin, on the other hand, that was the real test of their relationship. We figured out a lot of stuff about each other, I think, during that time. Well, it was, yeah. I mean, it was like being in an isolation chamber. This is real, and we're learning sides of each other that I don't think we had ever seen before. And when did you guys get married? How long after you met? Six years. Six years to the day. That was really important to me for some reason. <laughs> we got married on a Thursday. Yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah, we got married on a Thursday. I, I was like, I don't want to have two anniversaries, so we have to do it on the day. And we did it. We we decided to get married together. And something I'll never live down is, like, I never, like, formally proposed. I mean, we, like, had, like, we found ourselves planning the what we were going to do. And we were like, oh, like, we're doing this. And that was in June, and then we got married in September. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was six years to the day. And we've been married 10 years this year. Yeah. September 25th. So they get married... Emma finishes her MFA in Wisconsin, and they move back to New York. Emma starts working at Book Court, their local bookstore in Brooklyn. It's a way to pay the bills while she keeps trying to publish that first book. She's a novelist. She just has to publish that novel. Getting Emma to the point where she was putting books out was like an enormous effort from both of us. I think the thing that makes us work so well in, in a lot of ways, is like her ambition is like through the roof. Never met anyone this ambitious. And I'm like a real nuts and bolts person. Emma's like, I want to have a New York Times bestseller. And I'm like, okay, like how does that happen? And we like <laughs> talk about, you know, and like that, that was a different thing. But in any case, getting Emma to a point where she was putting books out was like something that I think we both worked on for a really long time. Yeah. And like, um, it and was then, like the number one goal. That was the number one goal. Emma's agent at the time didn't really think that her novel was ready to be released into the world. Oh, and she told me on Valentine's Day. And she told you on Valentine's <laughs> Day, and Emma cried, and, yeah. and Emma was like, fuck that. Yeah. And she went and booked an event at McNally Jackson and invited everyone in the publishing industry, and they all showed up. 
She read the first chapter of her novel. The next day, all the publishers were calling her agent to get it, and she sold it next week. And, like, that is, like, a perfect example of how Emma gets things done. (laughs) It's like she knew that that's what she wanted, and she went and got it, and that was it. And it was amazing. It, It was crazy. And then from there, it was just, like, it's just been books and kids and books and kids and, and then bookstore. Now we have to rewind for a second. Before Emma went to grad school, she had been the personal assistant to a rock star. Yeah, an actual rock star. Stephen Merritt, who was in this band called the Magnetic Fields. I think I'll make another world and fill it with whatever I want. When her book finally came out, the Magnetic Fields let Emma come on tour with them and be their opening act. An author as the opening act for a band. It's pretty unconventional, but also pretty cool. I would read a little bit, and then I really, truly, pathetically would play Que Sera on a ukulele, <laughs> and the band would come out and sing it for me. And then that was it. It was great. And then we came home from that. It was Thanksgiving. And then the next morning, I found out that I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving did not make me pregnant. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably not. It was good Thanksgiving, <laughs> but I don't think it was. A, yeah. But so, and so then we had baby. Yeah. Well, no. And you were pregnant. And then you were like, oh, no, I need to write a book. And so you, we went to Mallorca <laughs> and you did research. And that was January of right. that year. That trip was for Emma's book, The Vacationers. It's set in Mallorca, which is an excellent excuse to have to go to Mallorca. It also makes me reconsider setting my next book in Philadelphia, which is a place I already go all the time. Here's Mike again. And then you wrote The Vacationers during your pregnancy. You turned it in in July, and you had River when you, in, in August. In August, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Right. So then so then I published The Vacationers and then I got pregnant again while writing my next book, Modern Lovers, and then Miles was born and then Modern Lovers came out like four months later, which was like a total disaster. <laughs> I do not recommend it. Having a small baby and going on a book tour was a nightmare, a horrible nightmare. Just like using my breast pump in the Amtrak bathroom, like horrible, horrible, horrible. The Vacationers was Emma's first really big novel. It hit the New York Times bestseller list. All the reviewers loved it. It's a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, order it now. It's great. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll find out how Emma went from writing books to selling them. Hey, guys. Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. 
We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Emma was absolutely devastated when she found out that Book Court, the bookstore where she worked while she was working on her first published book, was closing. Immediately, we talked to the owners who we had known for— Ten years. Ten years yeah, at that point. Yeah. And they had sold the building, so we knew that we couldn't have a bookstore there. But we talked to them a long time, and they were wonderfully open with us about their tax returns, about how, how successful the— bookstore was. And it was really successful. So it, it, we like started doing all the math and talking to our other friends. When we had the idea, the first person Emma wrote to was Ann Patchett. And Emma was like, should we do this? And Ann Patchett was like, you should definitely do this. You <laughs> will do this. And it was like, okay, that's good. And then I called our friend Christina who runs Word and she was like, you should not do it. <laughs> and, and I was like, why? And she was like, it's like, it's so hard. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It was also a good time for Mike to start something new. I had really not fully gotten back to work. Like, Emma managed to write another book, but I just couldn't get my mind around it so well. And I had sort of been thinking about trying to shift gears and do something else. And then we had this, this came up, and I was like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. But remember, they had no idea how to do this. They had no idea how to open a bookstore or run a bookstore. How do we do this? Like... What does a bookstore business plan look like? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we raise money? How do we do anything? Like, because we didn't know... We didn't know anything. Any of it. And we just dove in head first. And yeah. it was just, you know, we, we like, there was no other way. Like, it had to work. And we just basically took and a And I leap. knew it would. Like, I wasn't... Yeah. I mean, you knew it would. <laughs> I knew it would be exactly what it is. We had a lot of conversations with Emma's parents about, like, what it would do to our family, which they were kind of ultimately right about, even yeah. though at the time I was like, screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, like, What did they say? Well, they were like, you guys would have never had this kind of responsibility. You're going to have, like, this place. It's going to change the dynamic of your relationship. Yeah. Emma's mom grew up in Milwaukee. Her dad owned a department store there. She said, you know, he was there until 6 o'clock, and he came home and had dinner, but it was a thing that you have to tend to. And my father's father was a salesman and, like, always all over the place, and his mother was a nurse who worked very, very hard. And sort of in reaction to that, my parents had built this life where they were both around all the time. You know, my dad is a writer and certainly spent a lot of time working, but he worked in our house and he was always present. Like I never went a day without seeing either of my parents. You know, and my mother got her social work degree when I was in elementary school and then she created this early childhood literacy program that she ran for 25 years. But still, my parents were there all the time. And there was always flexibility. You know, we mm -hmm. could go away for two weeks or whatever, or a month. And, you know, there weren't any, like, sort of anchors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we, we and have, we we have like affixed building ourselves. An anchor. Building an anchor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it really was, like, it's really our third child yeah. in every single way. Like, it, that is exactly what we, we made. Yeah. You know? And we didn't think about it at the time. Like, I think that we were so sort of delirious and sleep-deprived from miles still. Mm -hmm that 
we were like, you know, we what's another what's yeah. another thing? Yeah, but it's another thing. It's, like it really is a huge <laughs> that, and and really, I think you said this the other day to somebody, but yeah. River and Miles, our first two children. I obviously was very involved and I did as much as I could, but Emma was the point person, Mm -hmm. you know? She was the one breastfeeding. She's the point person. The third child, the bookstore baby... I am the point person. I'm the one breastfeeding yeah. it. And, 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 I, and I really do understand Emma's position and a lot more now than I did back then because it's just like, man, there is something going on all the time there yeah. I have to deal with. Yeah. And it's crazy. There is something tied to your boob all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I have 15 employees, you know, and there's a problem every day, yeah. you know, with somebody or something. And it's a lot of work. But I've never worked harder and I've never been happier at work. I'm tired and it's hard <laughs> to go from work to home and that transition can be really tough. But it is so nice being at that store every day and just like working on this thing that we made. So cool. And I love it. And like, and when we have like an event, you know, like when I walk into my store at nine o'clock and the store's like packed with people and everyone's just like, partying. It makes me so happy. <laughs> and everyone's happy. Yeah. That's the thing. In yeah. a world right now yeah. where people are bummed yeah. more than pretty much ever. Yeah. yeah. And to walk into a space where people are happy and joyous yeah. and buying books. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So Emma and Mike got all those different opinions about opening a bookstore. They got a ton of advice about how to figure out how to run a bookstore. Then they just had to figure out how to finance a bookstore. Well, let's take a quick break here. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. How'd you finance it? We thought that we would do a, like a crowd fundraising thing the way that Greenlight did. Yeah. They did like a community lender program mm-hmm. that was kind of like a Kickstarter, but they, people were paid back. We, we thought that we were going to do something like that. But when we announced, <laughs> all of these people came out of the woodwork and wanted to talk to us about investing. They were like, you know, tech people who we found scary. Terrifying. Um, <sighs> really terrifying. Yeah, so scary. So um, intense. Like, we were just like, you are the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your offer yeah, of however yeah, much money, yeah. but this is not going to yeah, work because no. we don't um, know what we're doing. But then, yeah. you know, other people in the literary community, we had lots of really good conversations with that didn't work out for whatever reasons. But 
ultimately we have one investor and he is like our guardian angel. If guardian angels are like six foot three gingers from Staten Island. Um, <laughs> oh, they, they are. They are. I think they, it says that in the Bible. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our, we have one couple as our investors, Eddie Joyce and Martine Beeman. They are the greatest. Eddie is a novelist and he and I have the same literary agent, which is how we met. And we had lunch to talk about it. And he just understood that we had a plan and that we had a vision and that we were going to execute it. Yeah, and he believed in us. He totally and believed in us. Like, I didn't believe in, like, I not that I didn't believe in us, but I definitely didn't. There was a lot of stuff that we were winging. But what's great is that, like, so we are in the store all the time and our lunatic children are but Eddie and his wife, Martine, have three gorgeous, brilliant, well-behaved daughters. And they are in the store all the time, too, yeah. and just sitting and reading. It is exactly what we wanted. And the great thing about having Eddie is that, like, if I have a problem, I, I have someone else to talk to. He's just so helpful and so calming. That's been a really great sort of aspect to this, like having him and having him be kind of become a family member, essentially. And having them become a fa family yeah. members is yeah. just, like, so cool. Yeah. Just like all of our employees, too, yeah. have become, like, this... <laughs> we are, like, this family. Families are complicated. Families are complicated. And staff families are complicated. But Mike gets so excited when he talks about their staff. He actually looks like he might jump out of his seat. I'm constantly talking to them on a very personal level about their lives, about growing up, about whatever. I love it. Like, it just <laughs> is so much fun to get to know these people. And I feel like it's working out, you know, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, I don't know. I think that if you were to ask all the 15 people, I would say like at least 12 of them would say that it was great. That's a good, that's a good return. It's a good ratio. It is. It yeah. is. There are definitely like people in the store where I'm like, I am going to see you grow up. Mm -hmm. And I I really look forward to seeing you when you're 40 yeah. or whatever because you're just incredible now. Yeah, and you're just gonna be, I know. We have so many smart cookies the, yeah, and I just love them. Yeah, and it's just, it is, it's so nice. and like It's like having children, only you don't have to do the hard part. I know, that sounds so nice. You yeah, know? yeah, it, yeah, it is. And, and, they, <laughs> and, and, and they, um you know, like, and to think about, like, some of these people, it wasn't their first jobs. Some of these people were leaving, like, really dependable paychecks to come work for us. To bet on you guys. To bet, and they did yeah. bet on us. That's like, it's like hugely, I like, I just can't believe it, you know, like. Believe it, Mikey. I know. Believe it. I believe know. It. It's just, it's very nice. And I, and I'm constantly grateful to all of them for, for it. Yeah. I get very emotional. <laughs> with that, especially with them. I get yeah. so emotional with them. Just to back up for a hot second. Books or Magic opened their doors in 2017. And like our first customer was Colson Whitehead mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. our kids are like best friends. <laughs> and he signed all of his books. And then on our year anniversary, he came and did an event. Yeah. The space is bright and beautiful. It looks like your much cooler friend's very Instagrammable apartment just filled with books. They have this great mural outside. It's black with hot pink lettering that says books are magic in a kind of rainbow. And people love to pose under it. I love to pose under it. They divided and conquered who would do what and decided Emma would be the one to handle the front of the house. 
she's like the mayor. She floats in, she talks to everybody. She's just like the fun. She brings the fun. And she also does all the frontless book buying. So she chooses which books are coming into the store. I mean, because we are a small-ish store and we can't have everything. And essentially, every independent bookstore is like a curated thing. And so Emma does the curation. I'm really doing the nitty-gritty. Mike is pure nitty-gritty. Yeah, I'm like all (laughs) nitty-gritty. So I'm like climbing on the roof during a rainstorm, unclogging a drain because there's water pouring into our skylight, making sure that we got that order of marriage vacation in. (laughs) 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 Or, or, you know, and calling the publisher and finding out where that package is. Making sure we have toilet paper. Making sure that ordering toilet paper or going across the street and buying it. I'm receiving books. I'm paying the booksellers, paying all the booksellers, paying the publishers. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff going on all the time in my camp. You Mm -hmm. know, like Emma, Emma's job is awesome because (laughs) she gets to kind of like float in and just like sprinkle. Yeah, all over the store. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And like the days where Emma is like parked in the front desk, the store is like alive in a way that. I mean, it's always alive and fun, but when Emma comes is in and she's sitting at the front desk, like everyone is bouncing around a little bit more. And that's great. When Emma and Mike first came into the studio, they told me that Mike was about to turn 40. And I was like, God, like 10 years, like your 30th birthday, like what has happened in the last 10 years? Like, it doesn't feel like that much. And then I was like, actually, it feels like forever. And Mike was like listing all of the things that weren't true when he turned 30 that are true now. And it's like... <laughs> Everything it's in our lives. I mean, our entire lives are different. Everything is different. Yeah. Every single thing. I had no books. We had no kids. We had no bookstore. We were living in Madison, Wisconsin. That's everything. I mean, it's <laughs> everything that we, that are, that are the center of our lives right now did not exist 10 years ago. But like this relationship existed but it was like a very different form oh sure and like something that your mother has said that i understand more now than i did when she said it many many years ago which she was talking about being married to emma's father they've been married for 51 years and she said i've been married to so many different people and i definitely feel like i i married my other person in the last <laughs> 10 years other people, other we, people we married. Other it's people so we true. Other people we married. And, but yeah, mm-hmm. like I definitely feel like we married another person in the last oh, yeah. 10 years. Like yeah. everything has changed for us. And yeah, I but don't it's, know. it's, I think it's very satisfying, like as a novelist, <laughs> to see how like seeds that you plant or threads appear and reappear. Like the fact that Mike ripped pages out of library books to make album covers for his friends' bands and went on tour with his friends' bands, sort of helped us go on tour with Magnetic Fields. And, like, the dynamic that we developed working for them is very much the dynamic in the bookstore. Yeah, and yeah, that, that, like, that's a big thing. Yeah, that, You know, that, yeah. that it's our, our strengths are still our strengths. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yours are yours and mine are mine. And what's nice is that they're totally different. Yeah. And so he can take care of the things that he can take care of and I can take care of the things that I take care of and that it's symbiotic and that, you know, together we can do something that's amazing. Yeah. So true. Well, you said last night, and this was interesting, that you think the bookstore has changed your marriage more than even having kids. It has so much. There are 
positive and negative ways. Mm -hmm. Like the most positive aspect of the bookstore for us personally, I think, is that it makes Mike so happy. I think that you are happier in this work environment. I mean, you said, you just said this, that like, it's like the happiest work environment for you that you've like ever had. For sure. But, um, you know, the, the flip side of that is that for the first 15 years that we were together, we were like really together <laughs> like 24 yeah. hours a day. We never left each other's side <laughs> for 15 years. Yeah. Nick, Nick and I are never apart for yeah. longer than like an hour. I mean, this is right. a really long time for yeah. us right now. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's just like we are just never, we did everything together all the time. And when we had kids, especially when we had River, we didn't have childcare for 10 months yeah. and, we, and we just yeah. did it. We just did it um, for the past year. And now with the store, we have to divide and conquer yeah. with the store and the two kids. Yeah. I do often, I guess, sometimes feel like I'm like a ship with no captain or something in a sense <laughs> or something where like Emma had to go and write a book and she's been writing a book for the last six months and there was a lot of stuff at the store specifically that I had to take care of and make decisions on where I couldn't really get to Emma to sound off on it. And um, and it was it was it was a weird feeling because it literally was the first time in 16 years where I felt that way. Yeah. And it's like and the flip side of that is that, like, I'm at home with the two maniacs and I'm like, where's Mike? Is my husband? Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like know. running. I'm like leaving a chaotic scene at the store yeah. where like someone's in a bad mood or yeah. whatever, and and I'm running home and I walk in and everyone's yeah. screaming at each other and I'm just like, yeah. oh my god, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like a sprint to bedtime and yeah. then we get to sit down for like 45 minutes before we pass out. Yeah, you know, like that 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 <laughs> I think would be like that's to me like the downside of things, yeah. like when things are. Rough where I feel like I don't talk to Emma as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, and well, I it miss also it. it also used to be that like when we got babysitters, it would be so that we could go out to dinner or go to the movies or whatever. Yeah. And now we get babysitters and we go to the store. And you go to work. You know. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know we're trying we're trying to be better. Yeah. The nighttime at the store is really like my time at the store mm-hmm. because that's when the authors come. Yeah. And, you know, I want to show my face and to... And to support, of And course. to support yeah. everyone. But it is hard because we do... We have events every day. Yeah. And... And good events every day. And good events yeah. every day. And it's it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. But we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We're trying. <laughs> yeah. You're figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. We're all just figuring it we're out. We're committed with Joe Piazza. So I have a confession to make. I'm one of those people whose couple's career fantasy is to go live on a goat farm. That's how Nick and I ended up on a goat farm last weekend. Here we are. We're here. We're on a goat farm right now. We're staying at Wondernut Farm next to Yosemite National Park. There's Charlie. Yeah. It's a confession? That seems like a reasonable fantasy to me. 
You don't think it's a reasonable fantasy. You told me you told me I couldn't have goats. I did not. I said you couldn't have goats in San Francisco, which is perfectly reasonable. Anyway, so we're testing it out. We got up in the morning and we watched them milk the goats and the sheep. And we actually put milk directly into our coffee from, is it a nipple or a teat? Both. I think teats have nipples. A nipple teat. Um, and I still want to do it. I still kind of want to live on a goat farm. I think it's a lovely idea. I'm not ready to do it tomorrow. I think you should spend a little time on a goat farm more than one night before uh, it's nice here. diving into that it's fantasy. It's really nice here. It is nice. It's hard work. I know. I know it is. You're in charge of the goats. I'll take care of the house and other things. Okay. Division of labor. Sounds good. All right. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Emma and Michael Fusco-Straub. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Klang with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikater, and Will Pearson. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil with additional music by Smaller Tide. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404 996 1173. You can grab a copy of Joe's new book, Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. This episode was recorded at Mouth Media Network Studio in New York, powered by Sennheiser. Check out Mouth Media's fun and inspiring daily podcast, hashtag Moms Got This, for all the working moms getting it done. Hashtag Moms Got This is on iTunes, Google Play, and at MomsGotThisShow.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.